I generally start my introduction with, I was fired from my first two corporate jobs. I've been on my own ever since. Mm. I'm a bit of a misfit. I don't like following rules. I don't like taking orders. All right, welcome to another episode of the Canyon Studios podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gianni, here, and I'm excited about this guest. I know I say I'm excited about the guest every single week, but I truly am um, because this person that we have on here um, is really savvy in his field, but he's also straight to the point, which I love. There's no gray area. It's black and white. It's He's to the point. If you want an answer that's 100% honest, you are going to get it from him. And so I've had the pleasure of uh, just having, you know, conversations and getting to know him a little bit better um, through some of our kind of business networking. And um, I'm excited to have him on the show today. So stay tuned for this next episode of the Canon Studios podcast. Listen, today you are in for a treat. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, this man here, um, I haven't had a lot of time that I've spent with him, but the time I have been around him and to hear him speak has been so profound because, man, just what he says is deep, but it's truthful and it's authentic to who he is. Um, And it also helps that he's in the finance industry, right? So if there's someone that you need to listen to um, that's not going to give you any BS about finance, which is very crucial to business and life, you want to listen to this person here. It's none other than Mike Cena, and I'm excited for you to be on here. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. I appreciate it. <laughs> Trust me, the pleasure is mine. I yeah. look forward to this. I um, I have a lot of fun behind the microphone. Yeah. And you are a skilled <laughs> podcaster, so what could be better? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. I'm going to put my phone. Okay, it's already on silent because as soon as we start recording... Of course, it'll start ringing. Well, let's jump right into it, Mike. Um, I've had the pleasure of of kind of getting to know you a little bit over the past couple of months, just through some of our networking events. But for maybe those that are listening that don't know who you are, give them a little bit about yourself. I generally start my introduction with, I was fired from my first two corporate jobs. I've been on my own ever since. Mm. I'm a bit of a misfit. I don't like following rules. I don't like taking orders, yeah. which is kind of odd because I do lead a value-driven life. Yeah. I've learned there's a lot of gray in life, but I, I tend to be black and white. Yeah. And there's right or wrong. I think there are absolute truths and uh, falsehoods. But I've had a, a wonderful journey. So mm-hmm. I've created four businesses over the years. Uh, three have done well. One did not do well. Always a learning experience. Yeah. Father. Uh, one of the uh, neatest things I've done, I helped produce a TEDx conference in Woodstock a mm. couple of years ago. Okay. That was uh, eye-opening in a lot of respects. It was a master's level curriculum on project management and playing well with others. Because we had, we had a lot of people on the team, a lot of volunteers in there. Yeah. And uh, I play polo for fun, which okay. is kind of neat. Yeah. And uh, I like to go boating and yeah, like being outside. Okay. Are you from Georgia? I am born and raised in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, St. Joseph's Hospital. Like wow. Graduation season's taking place now. I graduated from the old downtown Atlanta auditorium. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of changes. <laughs> so is it... 
right? There is a lot of changes, especially, I mean, we're in here in Cherokee County. There's a lot of changes here, but just in Atlanta, there's a lot of changes. What does that change kind of feel like for you? Does it feel like it's being stripped of some of those things you remember? Or are you kind of embracing what's happening? Generally, I try to embrace what happens. There's no yeah. other viable alternative. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there was a, a lady that did a, a TEDx talk, uh, a different TEDx talk up in Swanee. We may get into this particular individual. Okay. But the speaker at this guy's uh, TEDx conference was a technology lady, and mm-hmm. she says, technology never goes back. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of simple, but it, progress never goes back. Right. I don't know how to fix it. Right. You know, one of the things I look at is now I've got mine, but I want to stop you from getting yours. Right. I don't know how that works. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I told y'all this is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're just getting started. We're just getting started. All right. So we've had an introduction to you. Um, Now we're going to kind of peel behind the curtain a little bit. What's your favorite song, Mike? It depends on what's playing on the radio at the time. (laughs) I'll answer this with a couple of different answers. I was sitting on the front porch listening to, I guess, Alexa. Mm -hmm. And if there's a song that kind of encapsulates my generation, it's Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Okay. I can tell you, not my favorite song, but it came on. And to my amazement, I knew every word. (laughs) And I sang the whole song, start to finish, didn't skip a beat, didn't miss a riff or any of that yeah next came on i hadn't heard this in a while uh closing time okay do you know what i'm talking about it's Maybe. closing time uh something along the lines you don't have to go home but you have to leave here <laughs> i need to, i've probably heard it but i might need to listen to that again yeah. and i think the more recent i can't seem to get enough of is this uh shallow mm. song bradley cooper and lady gaga okay I just love that song. It, 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 the ability to write that kind of music yeah. that moves people emotionally so significantly, it's its amazing to me. Yeah. Anyway, I love that song. I can't get enough of it as of now, but there'll be another song next <laughs> next week. Okay. So you gave us three favorite songs. Okay, I'm going to, uh, now I have to add them to some sort of playlist. Um so what is something you've changed your mind about in the last few years and what prompted the change? I was thinking about this question and I got to tell you, I, I believe, never say never, mm-hmm. but I don't think I will ever have my act together. <laughs> you know, I remember in my 20s, when I get to be 30, I'll have it figured <laughs> out. I'll know this business of life and then 40s come and yeah. it's like well i'm married i got a kid i got a business i got employees yeah surely i'll have this figured out yeah and now i'm in my 60s i'm still life is an amazing journey it can be really rich yeah can be really rewarding it's got disappointments but you just keep going mm-hmm. i don't think i'll ever have my act together <laughs> have it all figured out know exactly what's going to happen where i'm going because you know, like we talked about before, nobody knows what's coming around the next corner. Right. And nobody knows what song is going to be on the radio next week. Right, right. The fact that you thought that you had to have your stuff together, but now you're embracing the fact that you never will. Never. I'll he- never say never, but I, I, I don't see it happening. <laughs> Just when I think, I think I got it all figured out. You know, something 
will come from left field or there'll be another epiphany or yeah. you keep learning about yourself and learning about others and mm-hmm. how to go through life with fun and grace. Yeah. Okay. I'm going off course here, but you said learning how to embrace others. How, how does someone do that? How do you embrace someone that maybe doesn't think like you? I think the easiest way is to ask questions mm-hmm. and be genuinely curious. Yeah. That's, look, we go all day on this, but that's a skill set. And I will tell you, it's yeah. something I have worked on over yeah. a number of years to ask better questions yeah. and to really kind of peel back the layers on what's going on yeah. in somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, it's really easy to be um, confident and knowing and secure and grounded until, you know, somebody rips the ground out from yeah, under you. Right. That's where strength and courage really comes from. Hmm. Okay. You're like spitting like little, little, (laughs) okay, this is good, Mike. No, this is really, really good because you're saying, you're, you're saying stuff that's going to hit home for a lot of people. You said strength and courage comes when you think you have everything figured out and then everything comes from underneath you. And that's where your strength and courage come from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I heard something years ago that really resonated with me. Seems kind of simple, but Mm self-esteem comes from doing esteemable acts. Mm. And to me, that just resonated. We all have to put ourselves out there a little bit and embrace the uncomfortable and the unknown and Mm -hmm. come through it. That's where confidence and courage, strength kind of comes through. You build it like working out in the gym. Yeah, You've got to keep working at it every day, every week, every month. I got tons of little sayings, but one that I love from some years ago is, uh, if you can't change the people you're with, change the people you're with. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how Mm. much insight and encouragement you get from those around you and kind of vice versa. Uh, If if somebody's not serving you and you're not serving them, best to part ways. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned kind of being able to see people's true feelings, th- what's really on their heart, right? And I'm sure mm. that you have to do that, especially being in the finance industry. Because people may come to you and say, hey, I have this goal, but you really have to understand kind of the why behind it so that you can really help them. So kind of going back a little bit, you're in the finance industry. Have you always been savvy with finances? Well, I've always liked having money in my pocket. Yeah. I started working when I was 12. Okay. Uh, I like work. Mm -hmm. I think work is productive and, but I like having money in my own pocket. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I love business. I'm a business guy. That's kind of my thing, starting these businesses and not really fitting in well with corporate America. Yeah. I was in the IT business for a number of years, about 24 years, mm-hmm. and the first 15 were a lot of fun. Uh, the last 10, not so much fun. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of stress in my life. A lot was going on. Yeah. And one of the things that was going on is a number of my friends and family members, neighbors, they were just complaining about the crappy financial advice they were getting. Mm-hmm. The epiphanies I had some years ago, Wall Street's really no different than DuPont, General Motors, yeah. Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Wall Street manufactures financial products to sell. Yeah. And there's a home for pretty much every financial product that they yeah. invent. And it's really, 
incredibly complex and miraculous some of the stuff they come up with but it almost never fits in your garage yeah <laughs> you just you got to be careful and that, that leads me down a whole another rabbit hole a lot of my clients come to me it's a, an event driven yeah situation that, that causes somebody from being in a position of comfort to mm-hmm. moving to a position of discomfort mm. and how can i find the comfort for them started with you liking to have kind of money in your pocket and now you're showing people to do the same thing comfortably and so um they come from all different angles but i can see the correlation in between that um what prepared you to pursue a career in the financial industry well i think the main thing is having a head for business yeah Uh, this may come out wrong. I'll raise my hand here. My personal life is just as much a mess as everybody else's. Right. But when it comes to business, I had a pretty clear head. Yeah. And I could look at things fairly objectively. And, you know, another one of my favorite sayings that everybody's heard this is it's really easy to tell others how to raise their kids and manage their money. Yeah. Once things were kind of going, not really the wrong direction, but I just wasn't having fun in the IT business. And I started looking at something else to do. And I stumbled across this fee-only financial planning model. It resonated with me. I liked the idea of helping people on a little bit deeper level. Right. So I went back to school. Mm -hmm. There's this thing called the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. Okay. There's about a 22-month education curriculum. Okay. And I ended up doing that online. (laughs) Anyway, that worked out pretty well. So I passed that exam, the Certified Financial Planner uh, exam. It's pretty rigorous. It's not the same as a CPA exam, Mm -hmm. but it's a uh, multi-hour exam that covers a number of topics. There's um, multiple choice, there's an essay portion, and there's case studies. Right. And I passed it. I'll never forget it was... um, I didn't really find out until four in the morning because the the website was so jammed with people trying to log in to see. Oh, I got grades are out. Log in to see. And I couldn't log in. So I logged in about four o'clock in the morning and it said passed. And I just started crying. I just like, like it was such an emotional release. Yeah. Typically, it's about a 48 to 52 percent pass rate. Wow. On that exam. Yeah. And uh, so I was kind of off and running. Yeah. And once again, thinking I knew what I was doing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. Right. Right. So you have kind of, when you think about what it is that you do and how people come to you, Mm -hmm. they they have a large lump sum of money and it's basically their livelihood, how they're going to survive, right? Um, Regardless of how you look at it. That's that seems like that can be a lot of pressure to do the right thing because they they're looking at you to advise them on the best route to take. So in that, um, as you're walking through that journey with them, what drives your passion to still continue to want to help clients do this? I, I, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I just love it. Okay. I, I really I love the work. Yeah, uh, a new client comes in and. One of the problems, particularly with my industry, is you have to collect a lot of data. Yeah. There's forms to fill out. There's life insurance policies to dig up. There's uh, deeds and titles to verify. There's, it can be somewhat exhaustive. 
Nobody likes doing that shit. Right. Sorry. Nobody likes doing that stuff. <laughs> it's okay. No kids are probably listening it, to this. You know, <laughs> most people really don't have their financial house in yeah. well order. Right. It's time consuming. And, um, but I just like assembling it. To me, it's a jigsaw puzzle without the box top. Yeah. Mm. And coming up with something that really makes sense for that specific individual or family. Mm-hmm. One of the cornerstones of my practice, it sounds a little counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And there's a longer story behind this, but I really try to get people to make the most of what they have and live in the present. Mm. There's so much that we have no control over when it comes to the future. And mm-hmm. generally speaking, I don't get very detailed much beyond five years. Mm-hmm. When I got started in the business, I did beautiful financial plan. Same kind of thing. Yeah. 40, 50 pages. And I use primarily Word and Excel. Yeah. And people would read them and they'd go in a drawer and they'd sit. Yeah. I try and break it into more bite-sized, manageable pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, yeah. one step at a time. Yeah. Figure out, number one, what's what's really driving the discomfort? Mm-hmm. Let's work on that. And typically, a financial planning engagement is four to six months. Okay. Gives everybody time to kind of relax and breathe. If there's something urgent, we'll address that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it unfolds over time. Right. And uh, the basis of my business model mm-hmm. is an annual retainer. Okay. That includes managing the money and ongoing comprehensive financial planning because life happens. Right. And managing money is kind of an ongoing thing as well. Most people are not really good at managing their own money. Yeah. It's too close and too personal. We could talk about that too. But Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go into a specific example, but I'm sure that has to be maybe a, a, a pretty tense conversation when someone's coming to you and saying, Hey, I want to buy this. And you're like, well, no, like this is, you know, maybe you don't, well, maybe you do. You probably do say, no, that's a stupid purchase. How does that conversation usually go? So I never use the word stupid. Okay. <laughs> I may use the word human, but never stupid. <laughs> Um, you know, it just, it, I do not spend my clients money for them. Right. One of the things that kind of lets me sleep well at night is this idea that no matter what happens, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And most of my clients are that way. Yeah. No matter what happens, we'll figure it out. People adapt. Yeah. And if you have that mindset to kind of roll with the waves yeah. of life, generally you're going to have a fine life. And it doesn't, I've learned to live a remarkably rich life on not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, money doesn't make you happy. You're, mm-hmm. I don't know if you and I talked about this or not, but I, another epiphany came to me over the years is everything all of us want as human beings, love, happiness, success, all it's all on the inside. Mm. And if you can find it on the inside, the rest of life will fall into place. Hmm. And people will adapt. You'll be fine. Yeah. Things that's super important is understanding who you want to help or who your target audience is or, you know, who your services are for. 
So for you in particular, how does having a clear understanding of your ideal client or, you know, your target audience impact the way you deliver financial services or deliver what it is that you do? How does, how does understanding that help you? Yeah. What we do is fee only planners. We get pretty in depth on, the person's financial life. It's comprehensive. But we look at insurance. And even though I don't sell it, mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of it. Yeah. Everybody needs insurance to one degree or another at some point in their life. Yeah. I just want to be sure that they understand uh, the pluses and minuses and what it's going to cost. Yeah. Um, so the ideal client is, you know, 50 and over couple of million dollars in the bank, uh, typically C-suite executives in transition. And one of the other lessons that I have learned about money, and it's very deep and it's very emotional, very intimate for most people, but there's, um, this word has kind of gone out of fashion. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shame Mm -hmm. in money, doing stupid stuff, making a poor investment. Okay. This has all been great. I can't personally wait to go back and listen to it because you just hit like some little stingers here and there. And it's like, ooh, I need to write that one down. So um, this has been incredible. Um, I know we've talked a lot about finance because that's the industry you're in. But all of this applies to business and just being human. So um, Mm. so I appreciate it. Um, Do you have any questions for me that you want to ask? Yeah, what's next for you and Canon students? What's next for us? Kind of going back to um, one of the things you hit on earlier. You start with this audience in mind that you, that you think you want to serve and realize we can serve them if we don't want to make money. <laughs> yeah. And so we're finding different ways to still be able to help those that need the help, That mm-hmm. but maybe can't afford us, but mm-hmm. then also pivoting our services to be able to cater to those that can. And so that's kind of currently what we're going through. Um, we're pivoting more towards um, helping people launch podcasts um, like this video podcast, audio podcast, um, and then more of the photography side of it. And so that's kind of where we really, that's really what's next for us is helping people launch their podcast show. Um, and so, yeah, we started out doing a lot of video, and now we're doing more of the monthly podcast content. Cool. So um, that's where we are. I want to go back on something because I think you kind of glossed over it a little bit. Yeah. But a month being on your own, yeah. that's a huge deal. Yeah. Just so everybody understands, you had a corporate job yeah. and you left corporate America yeah. to start your own thing. That yeah. is really huge. I appreciate it. Big kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know... Um, I, the hardest thing was I love the job that I was at and I love the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew in order to really build this thing out, like we planned, I had to let something go. Mm-hmm. And my mom gave me a really good analogy and she doesn't even know we were on the phone the other day. And recently, um, I bought some palm plants and some of them were dying, but then I noticed in the middle of it, there were like two leaves that were dying and then mm-hmm. one in the middle that was trying to grow, but it couldn't fully grow. And so I was like, Mom, what do I need to do? And she was like, well, you know, in order for that one in the middle to fully grow, you got to cut those two off because those two on the side will weigh down and stunt the growth of the one in the middle. And we were talking about plants. And I was like, you know what? Like every day God just shows me that the decision I made to leave my job, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit stressful and a little bit like, man, I got all this responsibility. But 
every day God gives me like these little notes of like, you're doing the right thing. So when she said that the other day, she didn't even know, but I was like, she just spoke to me and we were talking about flat uh, plants, you know? So I'm good. Cool. I appreciate you saying that. Cause I don't give myself praise. I'm like, that's what I'm supposed you to should. do. But yeah, pat yourself on the back every day. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, there's nothing better than entrepreneurship and making your own way. Yeah. We can go all day on that. Trust yeah. me. But, um, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions for me? Actually, yes. Okay. I, this came up at yeah. one of our networking events. So uh-huh. your husband's a vegan. He is vegan. Your son is not, and you are not. No. How does that work? <laughs> well, we've kind of, it's it's normal for us now because he's been vegan. Let's see, Kenan's almost eight. So Kyle's been vegan almost six, seven years. Mm-hmm. At first it was difficult because there weren't a lot of, I don't know, a lot of stores weren't carrying vegan products and things mm-hmm. that you thought were vegan or whatever. Cause there's a difference in being vegan and vegetarian. Yes. I do know that. Um, so for us, it's, it's typically, let's just say I make a protein. I don't know. I might make chicken or something mm-hmm. for me or cannon. Um, I'll figure out what protein Kyle needs for that. So whether it's beans or whether it's, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all eat the same sides. So, okay. The sides are typically vegan anyway. Mm-hmm. We already don't do dairy. Dairy's mm-hmm. terrible for you. Um, we don't do, you know, cheese. We don't do anything like that. So really the only thing that me and Cannon eat that's not vegan is whatever our protein source okay. is. So it's it's fairly simple. We figured it out. Um, but that's been like six years of that being the Imagine that you've just won an Emmy. You had this incredible show or movie. What mm-hmm. would you say in your thank you speech? I'd really thank all of the people that helped me get to where I am. Yeah. I can't do it alone. Yeah. That's true. I'd start with my mom and dad. I had wonderful parents. Yeah. Good upbringing. Yeah. I've been blessed. This is a whole topic on itself too, but to have mentors throughout my life that care for me, I care for them, but having the ability to... Be friends enough with someone that they'll tell you when you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> when you're wrong, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. But yeah, just thanking the people that uh, helped me. There you go. I think that's perfect. That's been the common theme so far. And you've yeah. you've continued the streak of, I didn't do this by myself. I had all these people behind me. So I love that. Well, thanks, Mike. This has been fun. Um, you, I enjoyed it. Um You've given some really great advice just on here. Um, and I can't wait to listen to the final episode um, whenever we release that. So if someone wants to get in contact with you or maybe continue this conversation, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Okay. Uh, my business is Mike Cena, S-E-N-A, Advisors, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. Okay probably the best way you can learn about me on the website and follow me on social media and maybe maybe (laughs) i'll venture back into youtube we'll see there you go absolutely well thanks again um and for everyone that's listening i appreciate you listening um this is once again this is gianni with the canon studios podcast listen if you like this episode um would you mind first of all subscribing to 
our show, leave us a review, and then share this with five people. Listen, when you if you're listening like on Apple or Spotify, whatever, just click the little share button and and text it to five people, um, or share it across social media for, social media for us because if it helped you, it can help all the people that you're going to share it with. Um, don't be stingy. <laughs> <laughs> share it with some other people too. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Gianni with the Canon Studios Podcast.